Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Cosmos Spaces, Web3 Gaming in the Cosmos Ecosystem. Let's take a listen. <laughs> Yo, I see Sir Arndt. Did you, uh, you pay for your checkmark too? I just bought mine today. Oh, you see the checkmark? Oh, yeah. is it working? It's working, man. What? What's up? What's up? What's up with this? Can already buy it. What's that? Yeah, I I paid the seven ninety nine and I have a seven ninety nine man. That's that only in the US. I haven't seen the option yet. Is that outside of the US available as well? I need to check that out. It's kind of cool. I have no idea. Um, I had Twitter Blue before, and so I went into my Twitter Blue settings, and I had the option to upgrade. Yeah, it wasn't very clear, but it said I got a notice saying that my Twitter blue was going to be auto canceled if I and so that's because it was the old Twitter blue. So I had to go in there and manually select to the news Twitter blue seven ninety nine. Yep, got a check mark. It doesn't show on my end. That's weird. So it's kind of glitchy, but it's supposed to be there. And that's that's nice. That thanks for confirming it's there. Like I don't see it nice. for you though. I see it for uh, some people in the audience. So it's just kind of through, I guess. I don't see yeah, it either. Yeah, yeah. So I've got my I check see mark. both of you. Yeah. If you, I see, I see it on both. If you, um, uh, for people who were verified before, they have like the official tag under their name, which is interesting in their profile and on their posts. So like that's like verified, whereas the check mark is just like, hey, this person's paying eight bucks a month, I guess. Which <laughs> <laughs> God has to count for something. Dude, I don't see it. What's up with that? And. Do they do they verify little raccoons like me or, or what? Yeah, yeah, sir. Uh we'll we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well they say loud now. They verify everyone who pays eight bucks, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> yep. so funny, yep. dude. <laughs> Man, Elon is something else. He's he's yeah, he's something else, bro. All right, I guess I guess we can get started, guys. We got enough people here. And uh what do we got here first? Let's start with Lex. Lex, just go ahead and give an intro and like a one minute uh, pitch on what your project is and what you're working on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, Passage uh, connects worlds. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's tooling for connecting virtual experiences. Beyond that, uh, it's tooling for connecting virtual experiences to physical uh, experiences. So, like everything from events to in store experiences. But really, it's it's tooling for connecting people. It's it's a connection platform. Um, I don't like the word platform because um, we actually are calling it an anti-platform because the idea is that um, you know we're creating all these connections that exist independent of any platform, right? Your relationships, your identity, all of your assets—they should exist across 
all these different worlds, all these different experiences, not being isolated within them, right? So we're building tooling that lets people, um, you know, move their assets, move their following uh, across different platforms, right? That's why it's the anti-platform because it, it really opposes the traditional idea of a platform where your, your value is locked in, in this walled garden of Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. And then um, the other way that we connect people is by offering more accessible infrastructure for builders so that they can make their experiences uh, instantly accessible via the browser. They can offer our state-of-the-art uh, communication tooling uh, for 3D video chat, things like that. So making it easier for users, making it easier for builders. Thank you very much, Lex. And we'll go to Calipar, which behind the Calipar account, we have Lucas. Um, well, uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so Calipar, what we are is a turn-based strategy RPG. Think a little bit of like Final Fantasy might be the most um, famous example of that. And I think what's special about what we are doing is that we're looking at the whole blockchain gaming from a different angle and not at all play to earn, play and earn and all that stuff that has kind of proved to be ponzi's. But instead, we're focusing mostly on the NFT tech and how we can use NFTs to improve the gaming experience and bring new values to players that Web2 gaming couldn't offer. But really, like build on everything that was great in web2 gaming and add nfts in there where it makes sense to to improve the user experience thank you lucas we'll go to bushi next and we have leon on uh, using the bushi account what's going on guys uh so yeah i'm leon i'm co-founder over at one net that is building bushi so we have two projects kind of going on right now. Uh, I'll start with Bushi. So Bushi is a third-person competitive shooter built in Unreal Engine 5. Um, it utilizes NFTs for cosmetics and different types of battle passes. Um, it's been built for about two years now, so it's ready to launch in January. Um, and yeah, we're super excited about that. And then our main or one of our other main projects is OneNet. So it's a OneNet platform. You can kind of think about it as a very close um, resemblance to Steam, so a decentralized Steam, in which we do game distribution. So video game distribution um, also acts as a marketplace. Uh, but our big, big um, goal with OneNet is actually to create developer tooling for um, game development, just regular game development, much like how Steamworks does it, where you can plug and play a bunch of APIs and SDKs like matchmaking services, friends lists, um, and I guess uh, storage as well for your video games so that it can just streamline the process of development. Um, and then obviously to add on top of that, we add a little bit of um, support for Web3 as well, including um, integration with NFTs, um, your regular selling, trading, uh, buying of NFTs as well. So, um, yeah, think about it as like a decentralized team. Thank you very much, Leon. It's been a little while since we last um, had a space with you. It's been like a couple months, I swear. Yeah, it's been a busy time. Uh, handling two projects is kind of crazy, but I think uh, everything that we do for Bushi is very, very tied in with OneNet. So, 
we're staying quite a bit busy, but uh, I'm always happy to be on, you know, all of these different types of shows, especially this one. So, Awesome, Leon. Yobster, you want to give a quick intro for those that don't know you? I mean, I'm sure everybody knows you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've been in the Cosmos for a minute now, but if you haven't, I'm just an avid gamer uh, and, and I love Web3 in general. And so I'm here to support the Cosmos in any way. And I love all the projects building within it. So I'm just, I'm very blockchain agnostic and I, and I love to just be a critical thinker when it comes to crypto and Web3. And that brings me to my question. First of all, thanks for being here, guys. You guys taking your time out of your day and uh, coming and talking to the community is, I think is important. And that kind of goes with my, my first question. What, in, in like an elevator pitch, as quickly as you can, what is Web3 to you? Each of you, what is Web three, and like, how does gaming fit into the Web three? Maybe not necessarily your specific project, but like, I want I want your overall vision of Web three and gaming in in like an elevator pitch, if you can. I know it's hard; it's a tough question, but I'd like to hear how you individually respond to that. No, this is an easy one. Um, so it's it's really simple because um, you can see this in in passage in in two ways, right? So Web three is digital ownership. That's it. That's what Web3 is. It's If you don't have Web3, there's no way to prove that you own a digital asset, right? It's um, democratized, verifiable digital ownership. Um, and then Metaverse, right, is making sure, and, and most Metaverse projects aren't doing that, right? Uh, they aren't doing what Metaverse should do, which is making sure the things you own go places. Right, metaverse should be connecting, bridging the gap, so that these digital assets um, are able to move, that they have legs, that they can connect between different experiences. The problem is that so many quote-unquote metaverses are walled gardens themselves, so they're just trapping your ownership. And do you really own these assets if they don't go with you? Right, all the value you create, whether that's your following on Instagram, that's yours. You made it, but it doesn't go with you. Right, uh, whether it's your um, your experiences on um, uh, uh, Decentraland, Sandbox, like the assets you get there, you got to sell out to your ETH in order to be able to get value out of that to move into a different ecosystem. Those assets don't go with you as they are. Um, so that, that's what Metaverse is on the layer on top of uh, uh, Web3. And it applies to a lot of gaming principles as well, but that's that's the heart of it. Okay. We'll yeah, I'll throw down a similar route and just say like, Web3 is ownership of anything that's digital or in the internet, right? And how it ties into gaming is in Web2 gaming, you didn't really own anything that you had in there. Let's say I spent hours to create beautiful skins for my cars in Need for Speed. Like I couldn't give them to another player. I couldn't sell them or anything. So did I really own it? No, I could just apply it to to my car, right? And that's where NFTs and Web3 comes in. Um, suddenly, this is going to be owned on the blockchain or on the blockchain. I have the proof that I own it. And I can send that proof to someone else for money, for free, whatever I want. But And then that other person owns it. So it's like in gaming, we always had a lot of assets and we never really had ownership over them. And that's where Web3 comes in. I mean, I'm pretty much sitting where the other two are. Um, it's it's very basically, to me, just digital ownership. So true ownership of something, some kind of asset, right? 
Um, and Gamify could be literally anything, but it, right now it seems like the popular thing to do is uh, a token or some kind of NFT, right? Um, but that and also maybe a little hint of decentralization and and the aspect that you really cut off like these giant corporations or this middleman that either one um, kind of manages transactions or manages your assets and then also kind of has the power to be able to take away something from you, uh, whether it be, you know, something in the game or an NFC that you have, whatever, whatever monetary value item you have, they can maybe take it away. Um, and I guess just to put something on top of that, Gamify is just the kind of aspect of introducing some kind of blockchain asset or blockchain technology into your video game. Um, so those two are pretty hand in hand with me. Uh, but I think just overall, a general general summary is just you have true ownership of whatever it is that you decide to purchase or, or yeah, invest in, I guess. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. I, I have a question for the panel here. Um, so why did you guys develop in Web3 crypto and NFT space apart from traditional gaming? Ooh, I'd love to start this one off because... So Bushi, in, in specific, at least in our, in our own experience, right, is that Bushi started off as a Web2 game. Um, it was supposed to be set and launched in, on the Steam platform. Um, but somewhere down the line, especially with a lot of influence from me <laughs> to my team, uh, I kind of just fell in love with NFTs and the whole notion of just giving power back to the players. Uh, and... You know, obviously, um, we've had our own experiences with uh, AAA studios working in them and seeing kind of the, the I don't want to I don't want to bring up any scandals, of course, but and some of the terrible things that happen within the industry, including like overworking of your uh, of your uh, employees or this scandal or that scandal. And I don't really want to point out any fingers, but uh, it seemed as if uh, although there are scandals in the Web3 aspect it is definitely less of a centralized scandal in the, in the sense that uh, your boss or uh, your manager, I guess, doesn't necessarily control what it is that you do or what it is that you have. Uh, and I kind of fell in love with that portion of, of the Web3 space uh, and wanted to kind of share that experience with everyone else. Um, and it was really, really easy to integrate the Web3 aspect into Bushi specifically because really it's just NFT monetization, right? So uh, cosmetics and such like that, you can really just integrate that with NFTs and really give like true power to the gamers. And I just thought that that was probably somewhere where I personally felt more attached to rather than just having this gigantic company or these gigantic three companies in the Web2 industry just control everything. Um, yeah. For, for us, it was, um, I guess I'm like coming from a gaming background was just a huge video game player, especially when I was younger. And I'm obviously a crypto enthusiast. And as I got more into NFTs and started to understand that NFTs is more than just a couple of JPEGs that are sold for 100k plus. Uh, I was like, this has so much potential in gaming, like you can do amazing things with that. And then I looked at the blockchain gaming space at that time it was like xe and all those um like terrible economic models that we had in the play to earn space and i was just like getting frustrated with this i'm like this is 
it's just not working. This is not the way you should do it. And I was ranting a lot at crypto events and meetups and stuff. And at some point I was just like, man, instead of just being pissed and ranting about something, go out there and, and show the world that you can do it better. And kind of the stars aligned because my co-founder just quit his job and was like, I want to have a startup. I'm tired to work for an employer. Um, I don't know what I want to do, but um, I want to have a, my own company. And he's like a software engineer. So it's like, let's start this company together. Let's get it done. So kind of just, I think it had to happen the way it did. It was just perfect timing in that sense. And well, we got going, everything else is history. Yeah, I think a lot of it is saying, um, shoot, man, this is a revolution that's happening right here. We're on the frontier of something that is, um, can't, it can't be ignored. Um, now that this exists, now that there's an opportunity to own digital assets, uh, I think, frankly, it's dehumanizing um, to do anything apart from Web3. I mean, given the fact that you know about this, that you have the opportunity, you know, uh, personally, uh, I believe very firmly that every human has inherent value having been made with a purpose in the image of God. And so the things that people create are inherently valuable. And if you're not given ownership of that, right, if you don't actually have control over the efforts, the fruit of your labor, the things that you make, then it's like, I mean, and frankly, it's, it's, a, it's a, a, a misuse of our creative abilities um, to not incorporate ownership when the digital space is growing so powerfully. Uh, and, and when there's so much that's happening here, when this in a lot of ways is the public square, right, on Twitter, um, in these social platforms, in these game platforms, this is where we interact with so many people around the world. Um, we have to have the opportunity to own the fruit of our labors and, and to have some type of democratized control. That's why Web3 is so important for everything that we're doing. And I'll say even beyond, I mean, gaming, obviously, right? Because we've seen asset, people understand gaming assets, right? And customizations and the things that you earn and your attachment to these narratives. Um, so we can understand ownership in the gaming context. But even beyond that, I mean, we've worked with large uh, studios and brands like Warner Brothers and Marvel um, in, in kind of the production process, doing, creating all these events. We've worked very closely with a lot of giants where I've seen personally um, how dehumanizing a lot of the uh, uh, corporate process is right now. We want to give more opportunities for creators at every level. Uh, to own what they're creating, to have new mechanisms for monetizing. Um, and so even beyond the gaming space, when it comes to content creators, when it comes to filmmakers, when it comes to people who are creating at every level, we have to be kind of like faithful in implementing these Web3 principles, because this is the area where I think we create the most opportunity for growth, um, because, because I think it's in line, frankly, with, our, with our, our human nature and the inherent value of what we create. I kind of want to just add on that because I think I completely agree with the dehumanizing aspect of what you just said. And specifically, uh, I, I mean, for those who've been following Bushi, they know that we've said this multiple, multiple times. But when it comes to gaming, uh, a person trades in the most valuable currency that they have in their life, which is their time. Right. Mm. And most of the time, it just stays within the pockets of these gigantic corporations uh, where you've spent your hard-earned money, you've spent the time to garner that cash that you paid $60 for an asset for, 
and it just sits there and never goes anywhere else other than the and other than maybe if you give like a password or something to to your niece or nephew but still you get nothing back in return and that's probably one of the biggest reasons why we decided web3 was the place to be because you give that that kind of exchange although you know time has no val or like has no actual pinpoint value to it you at least give somebody the ability to get something back for the time that they spent on the game Wow, those are really great responses. We have an amazing panel today. If you're listening live, please do us a favor, retweet, let everyone know that we have some smart dudes in this space. Uh, please, 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 uh, it's free. Go ahead and go in the next and show some love to some of the posts that are up in the nest. It's in the top, right above the space. You'll see a list of, we got like five different and, if, and five different posts up there so far. Um, go, go check those out while you're listening like retweet those as well maybe and leave comments in this space if or gains and eyes in dms are 100 open so please if you have some questions pop up yep. shoot them to me and we'll try to get them answered but i have some question more questions of my own gains if that's okay absolutely and feel free guys to jump in during these questions um it's more of like a chill open just space that we can all enjoy okay for sure, for sure. So my next question is the difference between play to own and play to earn and why that is so important. Um, let's start with Kelepar, if that's okay. Go ahead and start. Uh, see, if you, see if you can tell me the difference between play to own and play to earn and why that is so important in your opinion. Um, so... The play to earn is kind of like the system where you buy an NFT. So you invest some money in a project and then as you play, um, you earn a token. And that system just kind of, it just economically can not work, right? Because not everyone can earn. It's just if someone earns, someone else has to pay because we cannot print money. Um, and the play to own system is it's completely um, away from a token, right? You can spend your time, get NFTs, store the progress of, of your um your character or whatever you do basically in the game be it creating user generated content whatever you do in the game like the assets that will get created that will get leveled up or whatever is stored on a blockchain and you own it and therefore you don't need that hyperinflationary token you're not reliant on having someone else coming in as your exit liquidity so you can kind of remove the whole pontinomic things and create a sustainable gaming economy yeah i like the keyword there that in that response is sustainable bushi do you have do you have thoughts on that yeah i mean um so in this web3 gaming space there are a bunch of these different types of I guess, uh, business models for these video games, uh, Bushi specifically, and I'm not exactly sure if this is some, if we have the definition completely correct, because it's still something that's being defined as we go along, but we've, we've kind of went towards a, a play and earn model. Uh, now I kind of use that lightly because it's, it's kind of difficult to 
uh, I guess, put a label on exactly what it is that, you know, your video game is doing. Um, because in technicality, our video game could be play, play to earn in some aspects. But how I like to define the play and earn model is the fact that you play the video game simply just because it is a fun video game. And it is something that you continuously play, has a long shelf life, and is sustainable in the fact that it doesn't have a lot of user turnover. Um, and how, however, the earning portion just comes as kind of like a cherry on top in which the longer you play, yes, you gain some kind of reward, whether it be NFTs or tokens through a battle pass. Um, but the rewards are very, very small so that the, the tokenomics that we have in OneNet specifically does not necessarily revolve around a continuous and sustainable economy of um, giving rewards out to people. Uh, really, the, the OneNet token specifically um, is more geared towards how a regular network works in which um, people have voting rights or people are able to stake it uh, or people are able to use it for transactions to power the actual, uh, you know, network or, well, technically we're not a network, we're an application, but uh, same difference. Uh, but in our model, like I said, we don't necessarily need to look into how our tokenomics can sustainably and continuously uh, give out token rewards for every single season or every single game that we have. But uh, at least we've we've gravitated more towards the play and more and earn model. Uh, but really, what we we're just saying is that play our game because it's fun, get some rewards out of it, but it's not something where you can like, you know, quit your nine to five for it. <laughs> yeah, I think a big part of it revolves around what are you making and why, right? If you're if you're making something to earn money, um, <clears throat> then you got to be contributing value, right? You, you, there's no world in which you're going to be doing mindless tasks like raising, you know, digital pets, uh, and that's going to be inherently valuable, right? There's, there's a, a, a flash pan fire uh, that works for a little bit, um, but is not sustainable. Uh, long term, ultimately, if, if you're making a game, bring something that's meant to be entertaining, the value has to be in the experience itself, right? So the game has to be entertaining in and of its own right, so that people want it, and then there's value, right? It's not valuable because you want the money. If you just want the money, that means that the game in and of itself is probably not valuable. So all of this is really about just focusing on better storytelling, better games. And we, we just, instead of having like web three people trying to make games, we need storytellers and game builders and entertainers to do web three, right? It's, it's, that's been backwards for a little while because there was a big gap in the space and pretty much anything can fill it, you know, i.e. Axie. The officer, you got any more questions that you would like to ask of your own? That'll go to my list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that brings me to that brings me to the next question that I had. Someone found out that I was hosting a space and they were DMing me, DM me and everything and wanted me to ask this question. So he was wondering when airdrop. And if your project is doing an airdrop of a token or an NFT, whoever wants to answer that first. Um, I guess I could probably go. Uh, yeah, so we just dropped our, well, we're doing our whitelist um, mint today, actually. So it dropped yesterday. Um, and whitelisters are going Noise. today. And then, <laughs> and then public is going 
um, at midnight. So uh, you can find it on our website. But really what we're doing, um, and this is kind of just something that we decided to do recently, is that we are doing an airdrop of uh, the OneNet token when it does come live. So we're probably projected to come out with a token or have our token generation event probably quarter one of next year, uh, probably nearing the end of quarter one or the beginning of quarter two. Um, and we're doing an airdrop per uh, per NFT that a user holds. So specifically, we have a collection of 751. Um, so small sample size, but the ones on secret, which is what we currently have out, will be the only ones that get the air airdrop of the token. Um, and then with that, we also have guaranteed an airdrop of an NFT that relates to uh, the Bushi game which is just another playable character in the video game. Consider it like a skin. Um, and we'll probably be releasing that or the look of that in January after the game has launched. So, um, yeah, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, hopefully you guys can go mint. Leon, you kind of cut out there for me a little bit. Oops, that sucks. It was clear for me, so it might just be you. James, okay, yeah, I, I heard him, and he just dropped some serious alpha about airdrops and all this. So you you got rugged hardcore there. Oh, of course <laughs> I did, dude. Always. He said he said January. What? what so what uh, the game comes out in end of January, and we'll probably be doing the airdrop after the token generation event, uh, which is probably end of quarter one or quarter two. Uh, but yeah, this is actual real alpha. We haven't really even announced this yet. We kind of teased it in the past. We went back on it just because we were kind of wanting people to really just care about the video game. Um, but we love Secret Network. Uh, we were planning to do an airdrop to Secret Network anyways. And so this is probably one of the best ways that we can do it. So if anybody really loves Secret Network or really just wants to play the video game, uh have a token or have an nft and you'll see some tokens in your wallet at some point oh thank my you. gosh we're getting real real live alpha that was such a good question thank you thank you anonymous person who dm me that question i don't know who asked you that question but i know they're targeting <laughs> <laughs> how about uh lucas or lex just in case you know you might have some uh airdrop alpha for us so if you guys stay tuned for uh, Black Friday, uh, we may or may not have a big, uh, a big hoorah planned for, uh, actually not Black Friday, it's going to be, um, what is it, Cyber Monday, Digital Virtual Monday. Um, <clears throat> the, um, we've talked about, we talk, we've talked about this in GM Tidings with uh, the Strange Clan fam. Um, so this isn't like pure alpha but we will be doing a big event around uh, Cyber Monday, which is going to include uh, the Passage Airdrop Snapshot for the Kira NFTs, Strange Clan Town 2, which are minting on the Passage Marketplace. Um, so that snapshot is going to be happening right after the Cyber Monday event, as well as the Egg Drop Snapshot. So for people who are looking to get cute little critters, uh, companions and mounts, for their uh, Strange Clan characters, that snapshot's happening right after the Cyber Monday event. So stay tuned. We'll have some previews of the characters and uh, a bunch of cool uh, material on that. Probably this week, people start seeing stuff. Gold. Thank you, Lex. 
for us, uh, to be honest, I, I don't want to talk too much about airdrops because um, we have been advised that this can lead to some problems and legally you should not do it. Um, what I can say is we have our Mint upcoming soon and we're going to make sure that the people that hold our NFTs all the way to when the game starts, they will get a special present, whatever that may be. Um, you can think for yourself or, or um, if you're in Cosmos, you might have an idea, but that's the maximum I can say. Got it. So three for three. Let's go. That was some serious alpha. If you guys appreciate airdrops and love NFTs and you haven't retweeted this space, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's some serious. Not going to make it. Not going to make it, I guess. Not going to make it. Thanks for being here and spending your time with us. Awesome. Uh, excuse my Doug in the background. He's a little pouty right now. Uh, Gaines, what's your next question? You got an- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the next question, and you guys can go back and forth on this one. It's uh, how will we attract traditional gamers to the Web3 world? Ooh, make good, good games. Thank you. Make the terrible games. Actually make really good games. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, that's the tweet. Yeah, I think um, so. This is something that OneNet specifically is like really, really trying to tackle, right? Is because it's it's like one thing to say, you know, hey, make good games, but a lot of people don't understand that it takes years to actually make a very good game. Uh, Bushi, for example, made Bushi took two, almost three years now to actually come out and launch, right? And we've had many successes and many failures in development, and a lot of people don't understand that uh, it has been a rough and bumpy road to get here specifically right and not only that but the fact that we decided to integrate some web3 aspects to the game only makes it even harder right and so for me how you tackle like hey getting good games onto these like onto cosmos onto ethereum solana is actually providing developer tooling that isn't from steam which is specifically uh Steamworks, right? So Steamworks offers like cloud storage. They offer uh, a bunch of SDKs to just make your life a lot easier to make a good game, right? Um, and I think I'm a hundred percent on the side of Steam, where that is probably how you get good games onto just Web three in general, uh, which we don't have. We we don't really have anything to support game developers like. Um, like matchmaking or dedicated servers like that. No one, no one really understands how, you know, dedicated matchmaking actually works or how to integrate that within your own uh, platform or project. But if there was a place that can offer you a plug and play dedicated matchmaking, how much better is that for a video game developer to use that? And how much is that better for the user to experience dedicated matchmaking rather than this peer-to-peer networking. Um, So that is, I think, where we start, where we say, hey, developers, hey, game developers specifically, take your project that you want to have Web3 assets in away from Steam because Steam hates Web3 (laughs) uh, and come build over here. It doesn't even matter what network you're on. It doesn't matter. who you know technically as long as you know the one net platform we offer it as just a service 
uh, which we, we aim to be like network agnostic, right? So it doesn't necessarily matter which chain you're on. Um, you can utilize our APIs, our SDKs, wherever you are. And that'll just streamline the development of your game. And on top of just the monetary uh, or like the financial backing that you could possibly have in Web3, which we all know we've been through the bull market before, um, like come and get real funding for your video game utilizing a token or an NFT sale or something like that, where the middleman like Steam doesn't take 30% of your revenue or 30% of your game sales. Um, so that's just where I probably see it is yes, come and make good games, but then first offer real solid support to game developers to entice them to come over here. Yeah, I would add to that uh, on the passage side of things. One of the things that we've been doing that we've seen is extremely attractive to uh, our mainstream partners. Um, right now, we're kind of in the midst of um, negotiating a contract with uh, one of the first 10 passage worlds. This is a mainstream retail gaming brand. Um, and these people are interested in accessibility, right? In the ability to get um, users into an experience quickly, right? Like I just downloaded Modern Warfare the other day and it's 55 gigabytes, right? And for a lot of people, that's going to be a barrier to entry either because, um, you know, it's just in order to try a game, the commitment level is high. It's 70 bucks and $55 or sorry, 55 gigabytes, right? Um, and and that, that was not including the 10 gig update that followed immediately after that. Um, so it's like just getting into a game can be really prohibitive, uh, especially with all the technology barriers that there are in Web3 right now. Um, that's why with Passage, you know, we're building out this streaming solution. And when I say building out, I mean, the streaming is live right now. Uh, I don't know how many people in the room. I know Chris uh, Bushido uh, from um, Bushido Brown from the uh, I see Chris in the chat here has been inside a Passage world. Um, there's definitely some people in here who have had the experience. Sir, aren't you been in? passage um you, you can get in instantly right into these unreal engine experiences that's that's the beauty of uh streaming and being able to make these more accessible to mainstream users opens up the opportunity for people to try out experiences that they wouldn't even understand initially right they wouldn't understand what it is or how it's going to work if you could just click a big play button uh in the passage dashboard and like get into an experience that's one of the ways that we're trying to remove some barriers to entry from mainstream markets to get people uh, to get their feet wet and to try something out and understand, uh, actually make some creative commitments and putting time in before they have to decide if they like it or not. I think I would like to add a little bit on that by removing the entry barriers and making people understand. I think a big mistake that we're doing in gaming is talking about NFTs and blockchains and whatever. I mean, talking about Web3 gaming now, um, when our target group, the actual players, they're not interested at all in Web3, right? They just want to play games. And so like kind of focusing a bit more on changing the branding and make them not necessarily even understand that they're playing with NFTs and blockchain. I think a great example of this is Reddit, right? The Reddit community, at least a big part of it, hates NFTs, but Reddit got them all to buy NFTs by just not calling them NFTs, but I think they called them profile pictures or whatever, but effectively sure, sure. They, they were NFTs. So just like kind of changing the branding approach and not even talking about Web3 so much, it might remove another entry barrier that a lot of players are facing. Yeah, and even beyond that, what's really funny about that is it's not that people will, um, it, it, people didn't engage in Reddit um, 
because they didn't know it was an NFT. They engaged because a lot of them probably didn't know, but people can figure it out, right? And word spread very quickly that that's exactly what they were doing. People aren't oblivious. The, the benefit of that program was it was fun, right? And people wanted to do what everybody else was doing, right? When there's a cool opportunity on this platform to customize your avatar and own it, people stop caring about whether or not it's NFTs because it's the cool thing that everybody's doing. People can only harsh on NFTs and Web3 games because 99.9% of them suck right now, right? If we had less sucky uh, NFT games, nobody would care. And, and frankly, all the major players, whether it's Riot Games, whether it's um, Epic, or everybody has an NFT play. Everybody has a Web3 play, whether they've revealed it or not. Like these larger companies, again, we've worked with a lot of teams that directly outsource for production for these huge gaming studios. Uh, we have a lot of, you know, uh, uh, we, we know a lot of the people who are connected to these studios, connected to these larger productions and larger brands in the gaming space, and they all have an NFT play, every single one of them. It's just a matter of uh, when they unleash this, is their audience going to be introduced to it slowly, all at once? Like, what is their rollout plan, right? That's the only difference. So give it three years, right? <clears throat> and nobody's going to be arguing against NFTs because all the games they love will have adopted it, right? So it's one of those things where, Frankly, I don't even think we need to change the language. We just need to make games that people can't reject because they're really fun. And I say this coming from a place where we built up the Passage TikTok account to like 60,000 followers. Um, and, and like most of that happened almost overnight with some of our videos going viral. And um, then once we started talking about NFTs, we got so much hate. We probably went to 25,000 uh, followers from like zero almost overnight, like within 24 hours. And then we got like the 30, 35,000. Uh, and, and then we started talking about NFTs in the Strange Clan game. And people went nuts. We had hundreds or thousands of comments of people being like, this is the worst. This was so cool until you did NFTs. This is going to be awful. This is a scam. Um, and it was so funny because people kept watching the videos, right? Like, we, the account kept growing and we went from like, you know, 30,000 to 60,000 in the next couple of weeks. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like people can trash talk NFTs all they want, but people are still following when the art is good, when the concept is good, when the story is exciting. So it's like if we want to reach mainstream markets, like just make games that can't be denied. I think I think a really good example of something like that is when Steam first actually even became a thing. I think their flagship title, I could be wrong, it was Half-Life Alex, or that was one of the biggest games that just came out and people actually started saying, hey, video games are like a serious deal. It is a gigantic industry. There's a bunch of money flowing in and out of the gaming industry. We, like, there's no way we can ignore it, pretty much like Lex said. And I think that's probably what we need in in web3 gaming as a whole is a game that can probably compete not only in web3 but in the traditional market as well where you can kind of just put the game in front of web2 players and they cannot deny that this is a well-made fully thought out video game that is not only like very rewarding but very very fun i think what um i think it's almost a uh, it's almost a bad thing how fast the web three gaming space has grown because there are a lot of different video games have just been churned out trying to capitalize on a wave that, you know, was obvious for everybody in the bull in the bull market. Right. So like things like Axie infinity or Alluvium, all these video games, which 
no offense to them, uh, all of these games were churned out relatively quickly um, and had a high turnover rate if you look at them now with how many players are actually playing just because they're not necessarily that competitive in the traditional market. So I think it is a growing and a long-term play for Web3 to continuously make video games, but we're definitely starting in the in last place almost when it comes to quality of video games. I think over time when uh, these big players probably like Riot or Blizzard or Epic Games create something that actually is is including Web3 aspects. I think like Grand Theft Auto or something is including NFTs or something. But when, it, when a game like that comes around, there's no denying that these people will actually play it because who doesn't like Grand Theft Auto? So I'm in agreement that I think uh, most likely you just have to have a good video game. Uh, and that just technically hasn't happened yet, but I'm very bullish on, on games that are being built now. Yeah, me yeah. too. I think this is the the space is just bound to to grow a lot because it's kind of a natural inclusion. As I said earlier, like I think NFTs are such a great fit for gaming that it just has to happen because it makes sense, right? It's just maybe in the early adoption days is like not putting NFT and blockchain at the forefront of your branding and be like focus more on the game also in your communication and make it easily accessible for people that they don't have to create the Kepler wallet, transfer tokens over so that they can even play it. You know, like all those things. I think we're just too early to adopt gamers if if this is the way how it works. It needs to be like much simpler and not, um, yeah, not, not like a classical blockchain project to them, um, at least at first. And then I agree in two, three years, that will be very different because as soon as those big players release the NFT games, then it's like, Oh yeah, why didn't we think three years ago NFTs were great? Because then everyone will see it. It's just I think we're not quite there yet. So we need to get a little bit closer to what the cost customers are used to and get them where they are instead of waiting for them to coming to us. Yeah, sure. Do you mind if I jump in here real, real quick to ask another question? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Kind of relates to the discussion right now. So in your guys' opinion, what problems do we have right now with traditional gaming? I mean, I can probably go on for days, I think, on this topic. Uh, I think a lot of people, well, uh, probably innovation is probably one of the biggest downfalls of, of video games being created right now. Um, of course, like with, with VR being a, a thing, that's super innovative, but graphics and technology, technology just isn't there yet. Uh, but you kind of see the same games being created in every single day or being like just just a different spin-off of a different video game right um so you have a bunch of first person shooters you have a bunch of um mobas you have a bunch of uh competitive esports video games but there's nothing really out there that says like holy crap that is a new video game that i really really want to play and is really really like made well so specifically i, I kind of want to talk about like the mmorpg er, like area where like you know you mm. have warcraft you have runescape you have like all these huge huge players back then um and now people have all like there's so many video, guild wars uh lost ark um i can go on with a longer list that have tried to create an mmorpg but didn't add anything new 
that was actually like super cool, right? So that's why I love specifically what Strange Clan is doing is because they're actually adding something super cool into there where you can actually own some assets um, that will give you some kind of reward, right? That's innovative. That's that to me can add on something way more than just like, oh, this is a regular MMORPG. You can do the same thing as you could in World of Warcraft, but you're instead of like elves and goblins, now you're like like a spaceman or or like some kind of like <laughs> Justice yeah. League hero. Yeah. Dude, I, I love that you said that because I think um unfortunately your question gains is uh is huge in implications because the problem with games right now is the same problem with the whole entertainment industry. It's the reason Amazon ruined Lord of the Rings. Um maybe that's a hot take. But the, the the our culture is just not high quality man we've gotten so far away from like the renaissance and like um just a level of education and skill i think our education system sucks i think our culture sucks um not everything it's just we've lost a lot of like the value we had in, in art and in storytelling everything has i think again this is goes back to that dehumanization um we've we've lost our roots and for me it's roots in in faith and, and objective principles of what is reality what is a person you know what are our core motivations as humans what motivates people and what are we made for uh, and and when when you don't get people you make bad experiences you just imitate other things that were successful um and and paint a slightly different picture right so i think there's there's really big picture issues broadly um but then i love bushu what you're saying about um specifically how this applies to the gaming space and mmorpgs when when we looked at um i think i think so few people approach games with like a real passion to make something uh um real that connects to like like a, a scene desire it's kind of like well what if or like what if we threw a bunch of money to make another one of these things um and it's going to be prettier it's going to be bigger it's like okay how about you make something people are actually asking for and with strange clan the, the thing that's so human about strange clan is that we wanted to make an experience where like for me i like social games strange clan is meant to be like very very deeply social because there's meant to be a lot of interplay between characters where you know there's cooperative everything right you've got a party of, of four people who are like farming together crafting together and everything being cooperative in nature so that you can do stuff solo but it's meant to be more fun together right where like even the grindy type stuff should be a multiplayer activity um and and it's meant to be like a lot of what passages right which is a human experience where you're you're hanging out right and there's there's the ability to do have a really casual farming experience right or to go questing and like go ham with your buddies but ultimately you know as a dad I've got three kids with one on the way. Um, and like, I don't have a ton of time to game. So when I do, it's always, my gaming is always playing double duty is like community time, right? Like I'm getting time in with uh, my brother-in-law, Stefan, right? Or I'm, I'm hanging out with some of my teammates, Nick, Operator, our creative director, me and him, he was the one I downloaded Modern Warfare to play with. <laughs> um, and so it's like, literally every time I'm gaming, it's because I'm connecting with somebody else. And I wanted to make a, a, a game that really embraces it's the kind of game I want to play with my kids, right? That's like explorative. It's cooperative. It's like, and it's, it's, it's a world that you want to uncover. There's a real rich story there. And it's not kind of like story as an afterthought to mask, you know, cool graphics or 
you know, a big open world or whatever. Yeah, I agree. Super cool what you say and how you describe the game. So definitely it's going to be something I look forward to play and experience and explore the world. And what I wanted to add, I think why we don't see a lot of innovation and it is something, as like said, that is not just in the gaming industry, but just entertainment in general. Is I'm not even sure if it's because people are missing the skill. I think it is that the corporations, that the boards, they don't want to take any risks, right? Why should yeah. you play? Why should you create a completely new game when you know you can just bang out another Call of Duty like every year and and make your money yeah. safe? Why should you risk it? And what happens is that the actual game developers that work for those companies, they get bored and they lose the passion because they just program or create the same shit over and over again, year after year. Um, and and I think it's the same with the series, right? Instead of creating a new series, we get a Game of Thrones spinoff, you know, to, because <laughs> that will sell, you know, people will watch it because yeah. it's called Game of Thrones. So I think that's a huge problem. And, by the way, if I can give a little shout is like the indie game scene there is very cool because you find like small little game. I mean, a lot of trash, but you also sure, find sure. some real pearls in there that, that actually try something new and are innovative. So that's something I always enjoyed as a player as well. I totally agree with that. I totally agree. And I think part of the reason people are afraid to venture out into the frontier and find something new is because they don't have a compass anymore. They don't have a map. Like people don't have a context or a worldview that lets them understand how to create original stories or you know where these where these can come from, right? I think that's part of the reason it's so scary to speculate and make something new is that people don't have a bigger framework that helps them to understand like what it, what is inherently human, right? What is inherently motivating to people because of our, our commonalities, right? People don't have a framework like that. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. I love what was just said specifically, and I know my investors are going to hate this that I say this, but uh, I, I it's might. Okay. We don't have investors. We just have uh, <laughs> sale participants. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, so they're like, specifically, our team is, I, I don't even want to say it. Like, uh, th- I say this the most professionally you as possible. You can say it. It's a dirty word. But, uh, we are like the biggest AAA rejects that you could probably think about. In the fact that we've worked in like Blizzard, the Coalition, uh, EA, and all these other gigantic corporations where we have seen like firsthand what it is that they like to do and and the risk that they're not willing to take. Um, And specifically for us, we were so drawn to Web3 because this was like one of the most open environments for us to actually limit test what it is that video games can do. So like things like one, we hated loot boxes, right? Somewhat of the form of loot boxes. Um, So we were like, hey, that's not something we want to do. But then over in like these corporations that we were working with, that is like a a focal point of how they they actually monetize their um, video games, right? But over here, we were like, no, we don't need to do that. We don't want to do that. So we can just not do that. So... Um, I think things like that is like why Web3 is so much fun to build on specifically because you can kind of go against the grain or you can go on your own path and test it out, of course. Uh, of course, you have to make some good decisions, right? And it's not really just about having fun at at the end of it, but the core root of it is having fun. So uh, normally what I experience or how I generally am biased is 
as long as you're having fun, the product that you make will actually be good. Um, and I, I'm a huge proponent of that. I think that that's something that you can do in Web3 where you can't really do that in Web2, um, especially if you're, you know, just a small, like, full-time animator or a full-time VFX artist. Uh, but here, you, you definitely can. These are some great conversations happening right now. Lex, Leon, Lucas, I just want to double-check real quick since we'll be going for about an hour now. Real quick, are you guys okay to answer a few more questions? If you if you need to drop out, that's okay. I know your time is valuable, but I just want to double check on you guys real quick. I've got time for one more question. Okay, great. Awesome. I've got time. However long this takes, I'm going to be here. Yeah, I'm having a good time. So <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so my my next question. We just got some really great specific alpha on some airdrops so now now i'm on the hunt now i'm really fired up we got airdrops on the horizon for multiple nfts games that you can literally mint right now two of them specifically you can go mint right now and potentially get airdrops confirmed on certain dates so we earlier we talked about earlier so i'm like all fired up on my end so don't don't mind me but my next question is when do we get a playable experience? What is the first playable experience look like for your project, and when do we get it? Like, give us a give us a time frame, a quarter. Give it, give us. So we want we're on like the hunt for some alpha here now. Yeah, we got totally. us all fired up. So I can I can step in first on this, and then I have to drop out because it is uh, bedtime for my little ones, and I got to go read some books. Um, <clears throat> but the um, the first playable experience for Strange Clan uh, is coming Q two of next year. If you guys have not, and this is this is why everybody, um, this is why we're really pushing um, this event uh, for the Kira Town Two NFTs because we want to get out the vertical slice as soon as possible. I would highly encourage everyone to go uh, check out, keep keep an eye on what's happening because there's going to be some big stuff happening at the end of this month, Cyber Monday, um, and the vertical slice is what we're creating first for uh, yeah the Strange Clan experience. Because we wanted to get out something that's representative of the game that lets people like get into it, um, use their avatar, have fun, enjoy the experience, um, <clears throat> while also being able to like um, aim for something much bigger, right? Because we obviously, you know, uh, with with the kind of game that we're making with Strange Clan, it, it is a three to five year play, right? But we wanted to put out experiences that where people can get in and get involved with their assets early. We want this to be an incremental approach where we're delivering experiences you know, so that people can get in and get utility out of it as soon as possible. The vertical slice is going to give you access to hours of gameplay. Uh, if you've seen the 3D characters, I, I highly encourage you guys to go check out the TikTok if you haven't. It's uh, at Passage.io on, on TikTok. And there's a ton of stuff there that we're still sharing on Twitter as well. Not all of it goes to Twitter. It has gone to Twitter yet. Um, but the um, those videos showcase a lot of the development behind the scenes and what's happening with, with the character animations, with um, the mechanics that we're building out. And the vertical slice is going to be a really cool um, unit of the game where it's going to showcase the open world. It's going to showcase discovery, farming, crafting, questing, uh, and give everybody a really cool opportunity to just see like what this is all about and to dive in firsthand. Uh, and for us, that's really important because, you know, uh, uh, seeing is believing, right? We actually want people to get the experience for that. And that's going to be a big part of how we um, onboard uh, the retail market is by being like, 
just jump in. It's that simple, right? Like maybe you're hesitant about NFTs, maybe you're hesitant about whatever, but you click that play button and get into the vertical slice and you're going to be dying to get into the chapter one experience. So. Thank you so much, Lex. And I know you're a family man. You have like six kids, if I'm not mistaken, right? <laughs> not quite. We're getting there. Three <laughs> with one on the way. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, bro. Thank you so much for stopping by. Um, Yobster, any, any yeah, hey, for Lex? Lex, I didn't get a chance to say, like, congrats on the, the TikTok uh, viral. That's a huge accomplishment, to be honest, and give major props to Abby for Amen. Uh, spending her time every day po- posting th- on those TikToks, man. That's, it's rough it's rough out there, but I know you guys are spearheading it and bringing all kinds of adoption into the cosmos. So oh, props thank to you, brother. you guys and keep, keep going. Amen. Amen, brother. Peace. Stay dragon, everybody. See you, Alex. Yup. See you, mate. Have a good evening. All right, I guess, yes. I, guess I can continue unless uh, you guys have anything else. Well, no, yes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this because January, January was December. We already were, were deciding to postpone it because we totally forgot to plan against or get, yeah, to plan around christmas believe it or not (laughs) so uh yes january is the launch of bushi it has been in development for it's coming up three years now i'm pretty sure so i am super super excited to finally have people get their hands on it we've went through a pre-alpha uh this is alpha so the actual full release of the video game is going to be in quarter two most likely or end of quarter one but um, that is where you'll get your first hands on the actual game. You'll get to experience the what what should be very close to the full release of uh, of Bushi um, in January. You'll get to see uh, I guess a snippet of the OneNet platform, so this the decentralized Steam, um, which only really has support for Bushi as of right now. But you'll get to see that in December, and yeah, we are coming up on some really really big milestones. So. Super excited. I hope you guys are going to be there because I think it'll be a really good time. That sounds awesome. You dropped some serious alpha tonight. Uh, so that that's awesome. Thanks for letting us know. We got a playable game coming up uh, January. That's pretty sweet. Yes, pretty sweet. And we'll let uh, Kalepar reconnect. I think he dropped out. Probably getting rugged here on Spaces. It's a normal thing. It happens. You don't think he just ran away and didn't want to tell us the, any more alpha on when we can play his game? <laughs> possible possible yeah we were asking these tough questions out here yeah and i appreciate the time you guys are taking for these questions i know we we're going over an hour but if you guys are willing to hang on having fun great net is very very unstable so i'm sorry if i get rocked here a couple times um, but i'm back i think it works again yeah you're awesome so yeah to to answer your question real quick um so um our we're still having quite a while to go we are finishing an alpha version right now a lot of time is still missing so it's basically the functions of the game are almost working it's playable but a lot of the design is still missing and we're gonna play that with our discord ogs you can still earn that role so if you want to play the Kelepar Alpha, join our Discord, contribute to the community, and you'll be the first to get the hands on the game itself. 
And then in a second phase, um, I think we're going to look that this is going to be maybe end of Q1 next year. We want to have a beta where all the NFT holders get to play in the game. So we want to increase the tester group a bit to get balanced testing done and get some valuable feedback about the game design. And then I think summer is what we are targeting for the mainnet release. But to be honest, like, don't hold me accountable to those dates all because it's 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 very hard to i think um say when the game is going to be ready because we just want to make sure that the product is well when we give it to people to play you know like we don't want to be one of those game public on it that especially when we're on mainnet i think that's even more important because we also want to make sure that it's super secure in terms of the blockchain integration and no hacks happens and that st- stuff so Security over lifeness, living the cosmos um, spirit, and therefore, uh, if it takes longer, then it takes longer. That's just how it is. Thank you, Lucas. I do want to clarify something. So um, there is so our our main goal, specifically because we are also launching on OneNet, is that we're looking to be network agnostic, right? Um, in in the in the sense that you don't necessarily need to be on a specific network to be able to play the video game. So we do have one that is going to be on secret. And then we will also be having either one or two more drops of the NFT, depending. Um, those networks are depending. So we are looking to probably do one on a couple of different networks just to really garner the entire community of video gamers throughout the cosmos. Um, we are very huge pro- proponents of saying of of uniting the cosmos as one right so it's not necessarily that we're competing with other people or we're you know trying to make this a siloed video game we want everyone to play it and a lot of that is probably just because we want to have a large user base in terms of testing so uh, a, a video game is only as good as the feedback that is given by the community and so because of that we'll probably be doing other um, networks. However, I do not believe that it will have the same kind of um, uh, utility. So some of the heavier things like the airdrop, uh, like the NFT airdrop, and then uh, maybe some of the other utilities probably won't be included in the other ones. But alpha access is definitely going to be one. Um, and I think possibly price is going to be a, a little bit different. Most likely, yeah, a, a little bit different, but I'm not exactly 100% sure. But just so that everyone knows, uh, the the secret one is the first and probably the most packed of utility. Thank you, Leon. Can you guys hear me? Mm-hmm. Just check yeah. the audio. Awesome. Gaines, do you see my check mark? Because it just appeared for me. It was appearing for Lex, and then it disappeared for a second, and it reappeared. It says Twitter's being buggy, but... Weird. I, I do see your check mark, um, but only through uh, BlueStacks. I don't see it through iPhone, which is kind of strange. Yeah, I paid $8 for this. I better get that check. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, so let me take a minute right now um, to go ahead and give Cosmos Spaces some props. So they don't have they don't have a blue check mark out here, but they do hustle every day creating a place for communities to come and share their information and get known and uh, get out there in Twitter because crypto Twitter is kind of gnarly out here if you haven't noticed, especially during a bear market. But these guys are hustling every day. So they do actually validate on eight chains. So 
gains. You want to list off those eight chains because I mean, there's so many. But it, in any of these eight chains, please, please, please consider redelegating a small amount to support Cosmos Spaces because we do this out here for free, and uh, that's just how they they get. Uh, oh, Gaines is saying he's got rugged. Gaines, did you get rugged? You can't tell us the eight chains that uh, you guys validate on. Let's see. I think I know. Let's see. This is going off of memory here. Um, well, we know that you guys, I think he is totally rugged. Gaines, can you hear me? Guys, all right. We're having technical difficulties with Gaines getting rugged. Back. Since he's the host, it might end the... Oh, he did the trick. He's I'm back. I'm back. Oh I, my did, God. I did a trick. It's like... <sighs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> my heart was racing. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was like, yeah, since you're the host, it's about to drop. You were giving us a shout out. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, did I, what, what exactly did I miss so that I can add to that? Uh, just tell them, tell them the eight different chains that you guys validate on. Awesome. Yeah. So we validate for Adam. Adam validator is currently in the inactive set, but soon enough, we'll, we'll climb back up there. Um, our Kuji is on testnet. They're not testnet. It's inactive as well. Um, the ones that are active, we have. Juno, we have Namek, Osmo, Evmos, eMoney, Comdex, and DigChain. And we also relay for Adam, Kuji, Juno, Osmo, Evmos, Axlar, Stride, and Carbon. So we're all over the place. Man, it's such a crime that guys like you guys are in the inactive set. Like what you're doing for this ecosystem and how much value you're providing for everyone and being active here. It's like, I don't understand how you can be an inactive set. There's so many validators in here that literally do nothing. They they just collect their funds. And some of them even got like foundation delegations, which is a whole other topic. But yeah, so like guys take with Cosmos Spaces. I mean, they really deserve it. And they they should be much, much higher up in all the validator lists because they do a phenomenal job and provide a lot of value. So yeah. Thank you, that, so guys. Thank you so much, Lucas. Appreciate that. Yeah, sir. Do you mind if I um, ask the panel just one last time to uh, announce any important things they want to uh, make the audience uh, well informed about? Because I think Bushi, uh, you're minting today or tonight, and I know yes. Lucas might have some other important announcements to make. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, white listing, white listing uh, mints are right now, and then public minting will be at midnight so from midnight and onwards anyone can mint have at it uh join the community uh it is called the collective so you'll be part of the collective you can join the discord um and just be part of the community there's a bunch of alpha there's a bunch of exclusivity that we plan to do with those who hold so things like being some of the first to know about certain game updates or certain listings for video games um things like that uh could be part of it and i think yeah we we would absolutely love for the broader cosmos to join in the collective uh it would be our pleasure to have you guys awesome i just pinned the uh tweet up here to the top of the space so you guys are already minting and it looks like it's 125 s secret and it's a 751 collection yep that is right uh, we we picked a really good day uh, to start, which was yesterday. Uh, but you know what? We we trucked along, and for anybody who's affected, I'm so sorry. Lucas, any important announcements? 
Yeah, I mean, maybe I can just go a little bit into our NFT collection. Um, we are looking to mint it by the end of this month. Um, I've said it a couple of times, unofficially the 24th of November, but we haven't confirmed it yet because we need loop tell us, yeah, it's actually happening because it's going to be on the loop um, launch pad. But from us, like we're done today, we finished the collection actually, which is absolutely insane. Like our artist, she went out of her ways. It's a thousand eight hundred picture collection and she did a thousand trades for them. So the collection is going to be insanely unique. Um, the the style is the one, you know, from our heroes as well. And we're going to make sure that there is a lot of goodies coming with it. So everyone who mints an NFT and or, or is a holder of the NFT, um, will have access to the to the um, to the beta version once it comes out. Um, you'll be whitelisted for all the future drops. So the actual characters they will only be dropped very shortly before the game goes live because we want to avoid speculation on those NFTs before the game is live and just make sure that people buy it to play. Um, and then once the game goes live, those characters, they will, or those NFTs that you can mint now, they will have like some customizable use cases. You can use them as profile picture in the game. You can plant them on banners and stuff. Um, so you can show them off to your opponents. You can use them as a mascot, which will grant small buffs to your um, party. Um, so there is that use case. And then, as I said earlier, there is going to be a unique special present that only the NFT holders get. So a bunch of value for it. Um, mint price is going to be between 40 and $45 in Atom. So it depends a little bit on where the Atom price is to see what value it exactly falls. And if you're interested, like join our Discord. There is still a lot of ways to win whitelist spots. So we have regular giveaways. Tomorrow we have a quiz where you can win Juno and whitelist spots. Um, we play Royal Rumbles. We play all kind of Discord games. Today we played actually poker and gave away a bunch of whitelist spot there. So join our Discord. Be part of the community. There is a bunch of way to play and and earn whitelist spots for the upcoming mint. And um, yeah, I'm super super pumped for for it to like, because the NFT collection it's just fire in my opinion. It's like I, I I absolutely love it, and I'm so grateful to our artist for what she has created. It's it's insane. Thank you, thank you. I guess I do have um, another question, guys. What does the future of gaming look like to you? <clears throat> I think we can wrap it up with this one. I know we're about to be on like an hour and an hour and thirty minutes. Yeah, but we've got so oh, much alpha games. Like, man. I know. I mean, I'm having a good time. Just saying. But uh, you said the future of Web three gaming or gaming in general. Let's let's go with Web three gaming. Yeah, uh, I think so. The future of Web three gaming. I think is uh, very similar to what we have now, right? Uh, like I said before, I think we're kind of playing um, in last place in, in terms of like competing against the Web2 industry. Uh, I really do believe that. I think we have a lot of catching up to do. And so the fe like the immediate future, I think will come uh, with what we have currently, which is like, uh, well, yeah, which is what we have currently, which is like AAA video games. Um, uh, GTA for one is like incorporating some NFTs, I believe. Uh, Epic has announced one of their NFT video games. Um, 
and stuff like that. So slowly but surely, these gigantic corporations are going to be uh, releasing video games that are very close to the to the level that we see now. But I think past that, uh, I I really 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 hope that um, that the future of Web three video games is way more um, network agnostic than it is right now. So. Uh, the whole interoperability thing, the whole uh, trying to connect or bridge over to um, Polkadot or Ethereum, specifically in the case where you don't actually do ha- have to do asset transfer. I think asset transfer is probably one of like the biggest barriers of entry for people. Uh, it's also one of the most, I guess, uh, dangerous or uh, possibly not that great experience for people in Web3 Gaming. But I think uh, overall, it will it will be very very connected with other ecosystems and other chains out there where you don't necessarily need to be on a specific chain. You don't necessarily need to use a specific token, um, and everything is very very symbiotic in in being able to play and just launch your video game and not really have to worry about the crypto or or Web three aspect of things. So. That's that's my hope at least, and I think OneNet is OneNet and Bushi are really really striving to make that a possibility by incorporating other video games in Ethereum. Uh, Polkadot is one that we're actually targeting, and obvi- and I didn't mention this before, but we have I've had conversations with Patches, Passage specifically, in hoping to list their video games on OneNet uh, Caliper maybe question mark, but uh, <laughs> that'll probably be a conversation for the future. But that's that's my hope at least. Let's have that conversation. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, but I think that's not for a space. Um, and, and for where I see um, this going, like the future of Web3 gaming is, I think we're going to have a, a huge improvement in user experience where Web3 games start to feel like Web2 games do right now. So you create your account, uh, you start playing the game and we remove all the friction that we have right now, which is we talked a bit earlier, wallet creation, um, asset transfer, getting getting your tokens onto your gaming account and whatever. Like, I think we're going to get to a place where all that disappears and playing a Web3 game almost feels like playing a Web2 game right now. So when you create your account, the wallet is created in the background. If you don't want to bother with private keys and stuff, then you will not even get those private keys, you know, like, and then you will be able to buy NFTs directly with your credit card enjoy all the web 3 aspect of game you don't have to um it's just running in the background as the tech and as you get more into it like yeah you can export your private key yeah you can also trade your nft on OpenSea or whatever but you might as well just trade it in the game internal marketplace the same way you trade your cards in fifa ultimate team directly within ultimate team so i think that's that's where we're heading is at the moment we don't have the infrastructure most especially wallets is a big problem we have very few good wallets in in web3 and in cosmos um so i think a lot of the infrastructure has to be built but eventually we'll get there where we have a frictionless um web3 gaming experience and at that point like mass adoption is that much closer 
And as at the same time, also the big players start to adopt more and more NFTs, I think like, yeah, we will get that this is all interconnected. They, there will be only one gaming scene. It will have NFTs and blockchains integrated in a frictionless manner. And you will see it in AAA titles and you'll see it in indie game titles like the projects that were here tonight that, that use all the same tech in the end. Preach. I love it. I'm so in agreement. I'm looking forward to the collaborations here, guys. That's, that's what I want to see. I want to see more collaborations within the community. And that's how we're going to grab the most attention from the, the ecosystem. Yes, my brain is rattling as we speak. Um, I love the idea of collaboration. Uh, we've talked to, I mean, I don't want to say too much, but we talked to Saga to to hopefully incorporate a couple of their different like uh i guess they you know you create chainlets so stuff like that uh we're talking with akash um again these are all relatively early talks but uh very bullish in, in speaking with their founders uh akash specifically to offer you know matchmaking services uh servers specifically to everyone or to the broader masses of game developers um and I think, you know, the greatest part about IBC or, or about Cosmos in general is the fact that you can collaborate with literally anybody. Um, and it's no longer, to me at least, uh, about making something that's already been made. Uh, we, I like to stay, say this thing where you stay in your own lane and you let the experts do what the experts do, uh, which is, you know, for example, Akash does servers, uh, Saga does uh, spinning up VMs. So if you can kind of, if you can effectively and cost efficiently integrate all of these different amazing techs in the cosmos, the cosmos is gonna like moon past every other ecosystem out there just because there's a bunch of collaboration. Uh, humans tend to do quite a bit better when they collaborate with other people. I mean that's the beauty of cosmos, right? Is that literally it's so open and everyone kind of pulls in at the say in the same direction and or mostly at least besides when we have some drama but <laughs> mostly like it's so open and integrative that like yeah it's the perfect place to to collaborate and and build a better future and i think that's the biggest reason why we all bet on cosmos right yes sir amen that was all like absolutely music music to my ears all of that collaboration cosmos had epic epicenter of collaboration for sure we do that better than anyone and we'll be here longer than anyone that's facts facts any uh final comments or anything else you officer that you want to add before we wrap things up here no, I just want to remind people that we we heard from some really smart builders and they are building in one of the worst bears that we've seen in a minute. So give them give them some love, encouragement, and go mint some, not financial advice, but go mint some NNTs that are going to get you airdrops and be playable very, very, very soon. Very, 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 very soon. Before you know it, we'll be playing these NFT games. This is awesome. I'm excited. I'm hyped as a gamer. Games, I don't know about you, but I'm really hyped to play all these games. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. I'm already on one. I'm already on the uh, launch one net website, and uh, I gotta hit up uh, Leon after this space really quick. I got a few questions. Um, I, I'm excited, dude. I'm excited to finally see uh, these games coming out in um, 
the Cosmos ecosystem. Yeah, thanks. Thank you guys specifically for hosting this space. You guys do really amazing work. You guys are pretty consistent on this stuff too. So uh, consistency is very difficult to see in the Web3 space. So very, very good job. Hats off. Thank you. Yeah, also, thank you so much for having us on. It was a huge pleasure. It was so much fun um, talking about Web3 Gaming and our passion and just meet people that share that passion and share our thoughts and experiences is always such a great experience and so much fun. So thank you so much for giving us the, op uh, the opportunity. Yeah, wholesome moment here, guys. I haven't been as excited to be on a panel in a long time specifically just because these guys share the same web3 vision or web3 gaming vision as the people at one and bushi do so it's it's super amazing to meet these people who are in the same space want to do better for web3 gaming and just move it forward so good shit thank you thank you guys for real well with that being said we will wrap things up here um, after this space, I'm actually going to head to the Spark IBC uh, Twitter space that they got going on right now. So I'll see you guys there if you want to join. Uh, Yopster, thank you so much for co-hosting this space. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. You're very welcome. And thank you, sir. All right. Everybody have a great night. Take cool. care. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Cosmos Spaces. Web3 Gaming in the Cosmos Ecosystem. Recorded on Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now, with more Spark IBC enabled. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing I'll aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke blows in when I start a session Blink canvas, blaze up the handlers Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse But in the universe, I'm just writing some words Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Shit and line them up Just another fixed game of try my luck Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss up driver or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor we take A little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling Less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the box came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble
Spaces. Spaces.